This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Fulton County hacker threatens to release info related to Trump trials that they say is vital and more damning testimony in the Fannie Willis disqualification hearing that won't matter in the long run is my guess anyway. This is Propaganda Reports Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. After midnight show for you late night owls, thank you for joining me. And we're going to go through a couple stories with about this hacking and, and one other related story. And then we're going to go into the Fannie Willis hearings that happened today. And I'm going to play some clips. Actually, I'm just going to play some of the live stream from that because it was very interesting. This whole thing is very interesting to watch. And it really reveals how text messages can be interpreted in multiple ways in life and in the courtroom. But let, let's start with the Fulton County hacking, which I've been talking a lot about how the Fulton County government was hit by a cyber attack at the end of January and has not been in their own control. They haven't controlled their own government system since then for an entire month. And you can see here on their website, it, it still has. Where is that Fulton County website? Hold on one second. I, I want to show you because if you try and do anything in Fulton County, you, you can't do it. I know people who work in Fulton County, and you see it has a system outage up there on their website. Fulton County is experiencing unexpected IT outage currently affecting multiple systems. To read the latest about the outage, you can click for the update. We can click here, and then it talks about their, their the Fulton County cyber incident update, which they, they updated on February 2nd, then they did not update again for a month. So not in control of their own government for a month, and they didn't tell anybody any updates for 20 days. And they say they are continuing to make substantial process or progress in restoring their systems following the ransomware attack. You can go read the rest of it uh, if you want. But there's been an update on the story today, which is really why I want to talk about it. But this has been a real inconvenience. And it's a story that I think really should get a little bit more focus because you have a county here who is in control of what the media tells us is the most consequential criminal trial in our history, Trump's trial, who isn't even in control of their own government, right? I mean, that, that seems like it would be a little bit more of a story the media would want to focus on, but, but of course not. I especially think they would want to shine some light on it when the follow-up of the story today is that the group behind the hacking who does not have a history of bluffing, according to CISA, the Cyber Infrastructure Security, or whatever CISA is in the Department of Defense, Cyber Infrastructure Security something agency, whatever. They say this group doesn't bluff. And the group behind it, which is called Lockbit, is now saying that they have information related to Trump's Fulton County trial that is the reason why the FBI and this group from the UK raided their website and shut them down temporarily. Let me back up and give you a little bit of the history of what's happened here because the media hasn't reported this. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that on YouTube. Uh, 
the group behind the hacking known as Lockbit, who the feds were offering like $10 million for information leading to the capture of their members. So if you know one, they claimed responsibility for the Fulton hack, and they had set a deadline for last Friday for, for if they didn't get paid the ransom by last Friday, they threatened to release this sensitive information. Sensitive information that they had teased on their dark internet, dark web website through a series of, of images that showed details of the, uh, of the information that they ha had. And I think some of that information, it was related to cases that were sealed from public view that cybersecurity experts called alarming. So this is like a real deal threat that is Fulton County is under the attack of right now and has been for a month. But before Lockbit could release those files this past Friday, their site was seized by the FBI and the UK's National Crime Agency, which replaced their ransomware homepage with a seizure notice. And since that has happened, because that's what the Lockbit group says prevented them from publishing the sensitive information that they stole from Fulton County. They've regrouped, Lockbit has, and they've reestablished themselves on another dark web website. And according to Fulton County, they say they have once again been listed on Lockbit's new site as one of their victims and a renewed threat to release sensitive data that they have obtained from Fulton County uh, has been presented to them. And Fulton County has until March 2nd to pay whatever the ransom is. Otherwise, this group says that they are going to release this information. Now, a lot of these companies, like a lot of these governments and a lot of these corporations that are hit with these cyber attacks, they pay these ransoms. This is never reported in the news. This happens on a regular basis. Millions of dollars are being paid to these cyber hackers. And Fulton County thus far hasn't paid it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, especially in light of the new post that was made. There was a letter that was posted on Lockbit's new website that was addressed to the FBI. It was a very, very long letter. I'll put it on screen, and if you want to go read the whole thing, go read it. I don't understand half the stuff they're talking about. They're talking about a lot of PHP stuff and a lot of technical stuff when it comes to, to hacking, which I think is probably like the skill of the future. I should probably learn some of this, this uh, verbiage and, and how, how to do some of these things because th this is what the future of war is, really. Oh, let me find it here. Here it is. FBI's takedown. There it is. All right, so you see on screen here, FBI's Lockbit takedown postponed a ticking time bomb in Fulton County. These are the only types of sites you can find information about what happened on is, is these cybersecurity expert blogs because nobody's reporting on it. But in this letter, which starts like right here, it's really long and it is kind of rambling. Where is it? Yeah, it's actually that's the wrong website. Let me switch that up. That that's the website that just talks about it. The website that actually has the letter. If you want to check that out, it's this one. So the website is it's k k r e b s o n security dot com, and he's got a post on it, and that's the same freaking one. I'm an idiot. It's yes, yeah, the same website. It's databreach.net is what it is. Sorry about that. FBI's takedown. I have the wrong thing up there. I'm having all kinds of technical difficulties here. I apologize. Make sure this is the right one. Before I start talking about it, something that's not on the page. 
All right, there it is. As expected, Lockbit is already back. Databreaches.net is where you can find the, the entire letter. And the letter and the letter starts right here. And it was posted to their dark web uh, website. And among other things, it says the FBI decided to hack now for one reason only. Because they didn't want to leak information, uh, leak information Fulton County from FultonCounty.gov. Uh, the stolen documents contain a lot of interesting things in Donald Trump's court cases uh, that could affect the upcoming election are part of what it contains. And then they go on to say a little bit later that if it wasn't for the FBI attack, the documents would have been released the same day, which uh, is last Friday, because negotiations stalled out, which indicates that they were negotiating with the Fulton County government about the ransom. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it's true that they have documents about the Trump cases. But if they hacked Fulton County and the trial's going on there and you have the Fannie Willis stuff going on there, and there's sensitive information, and Fannie Willis is the district attorney, and there's sealed cases and, and all kinds of stuff. Y you got to think that there's something there that might be relevant. So it'll be interesting to see if Fulton County pays this ransom, if the FBI takes down this site before they can pay it and stops it, or if they release it. So keep on, keep on the lookout for what Lockbit is doing. Lockbit, by the way, a little bit of background on Lockbit is... Uh, Lockbit, they're an organization, this is according to the AJC, so there's probably more to Lockbit than this, but they, they say they think of, ra of ransomware as a franchising opportunity, which they run like a corporation. This is according to cybersecurity ec expert Vivek Menon. You know, I've never heard the name Vivek until a few months ago, and now we have this cybersecurity expert named Vivek. I wonder if he has big hair like the Vivek that we know. He says... There are standards, there are procedures that you get hired, you go through the interview process. This is another cybersecurity expert. And uh, according to this other guy uh, named Joe uh, Tavares, Lockbit is one of the biggest names in ransomware as a service. In very simple terms, they create malware that others, known as affiliates, can use to hack organizations. So essentially, they allow attackers to access a platform that allows them to deploy malware, malware steal records, uh, encrypt things and take ransom uh, of information on that site. And their malware was the most used form of ransomware in the world in 2022, according to CISA, the United States Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. That's the name I was looking for recently. And JC, good to see you, JC. JC says, I'm sure Vivek is like the John in the tech industry. <laughs> yeah, you might be right about that. It's funny. All right, so moving on from, from that story, keep a lookout on that. That's a very underreported story that has a lot of relevance to what's going on. Another cyber attack or, or an update that messed up or a training simulation, which is what I think it is, that came from AT&T last week is AT&T had this outage last week that affected millions of people across the country for a series of hours in, in the night hours. So it was like from 4 a.m. to I think it was like 1 p.m. when they got it fully restored, they say. But they have come out and they have said that they're gonna reimburse customers. So did you guys know that, that you're getting, if you're with AT&T, you're gonna get reimbursed? Like, thank goodness they're making, you know, they're doing right by all their customers, making it right is the headline. AT&T to reimburse customers following network outage. And, and then they, they say in their post, we apologize for Thursday's network outage. We recognize the frustration this outage has caused and, 
and we know that we let many of our customers down. We understand this may have impacted their ability to connect with family, friends, and others. Small business owners may have been impact, impacted, uh, potentially disrupting an essential way that they connect with their customers. And so they have decided that they're going to be applying a credit automatically to everyone's account. I got a notice for this, and I'm going to get this. And if you're with AT&T, you're going to get it. We're all getting a credit from AT&T for $5. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Cha-ching! Five bucks is coming in. Thank you, AT&T, for making it right. Of course, that's going to cost them a lot because the outage affected a lot of people. So $5 times however many. Probably million. That's like a lot of money. But AT&T is, is stupid rich, so it doesn't matter. Now, getting on to the... What's up, Dee's Laughs? Good to see you. Getting on to the Fannie Willis stuff, which is the most interesting stuff. I like watching this stuff because of just the court dynamic of it. And the way that all of the people testifying, who most, most of them are lawyers, Fannie Willis is a lawyer, Nathan Wade is a lawyer, uh, Nathan Wade's friend slash former attorney, Terrence Bradley, a lawyer. The, they had the, the former, was it Purdue come in, who's the former governor of Georgia, a lawyer. So they, they all know these disruption and filibustering tactics to use uh, on the stand. And you can see them attempting to, like you can see the wheels turning in their minds. What should I say that can't be held against me? But the other lawyers asking the questions know that and, and they're asking strategic questions. So if you think about it in that way when you're watching it, 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 it really is like a game of chess going on between the people asking the questions and the people answering them. And I'm gonna play some of it here in a minute, but just an update on what the hearing was today. It, it, they brought in Wade's friend, Terrence Bradley, again. He took the stand previously. You might remember him as the guy on the stand who, every time he was asked a question, he grimaced and grunted and remained silent for like 30 seconds before answering any question in his previous testimony. He, he continued that same strategy and the reason they brought this guy back onto the stand is because judge mcafee the one who used to be fannie willis's underling in the district attorney office determined that what bradley had claimed was privileged because client privilege uh, uh relationship that he couldn't speak on in the previous testimony the judge determined that not all of that was client attorney privilege because it would seem that the second you become a lawyer doesn't mean that 
all of the locker room talk that you might have with any of your friends all of a sudden gets protected under client privilege uh, attorney. You, you know, that, that, that doesn't give you that right to do that. And so they had to bring him back and he had to talk about some things that were classified as outside uh, of that privilege. And <laughs> the, the guy is, you can see, I feel bad for the guy, honestly, because I feel like he's, he wasn't put in this play. He didn't do anything to put himself in this position, really. It was Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade that did. But now he's here because he was the one that was communicating with Nathan Wade. Nathan Wade was, uh, you know, by, by, certainly seems was giving all his locker room talk about Fannie to this guy. And then this guy texted some of the lawyers who are Trump's co-defendants, lawyers who were asking him questions. This was before they brought the disqualification trial. And he responded in ways that don't look good for him. And this is many of the texts that came up during this hearing and that's another thing that's very interesting about the hearing today is it really shows how text messages one how they can be used in a trial and two how they can be interpreted in just various ways anybody who's ever had a significant other knows that a text message can just be interpreted the absolute opposite way of what you meant especially if there's a little bit of uh, hostility going on at the moment and this really kind of comes to light and maybe even the idea of this is exploited in some of the testimony you guys can decide for yourself but it's funny to me because here i'm going to show you how this stuff was reported in the news <laughs> it, they the news just reports the opposite of what really happens they just report the opposite every time and here is how they report it. What's up, Forrest Mommy? Says everything. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm trying to be as honest as possible, unlike the AJC. <laughs> the AJC says the AJC says ex Wade lawyer partner testifies he doesn't know when the relationship with Fulton County D District Attorney began. And then the subheadline says once hailed as a star witness uh, for the defense. Uh, Terrence Bradley failed to deliver on the stand. So he is that other dude's fraternity brother, even though they went to different schools, they're all part of the Divine Nine fraternities. But still, they consider that to be fraternity brothers. He said that on the stand. And he's known Fannie Willis, and he used to have a, a law um, office. He used to work with Wade. So he's being asked to out his friends here. So he's obviously conflicted. Yeah, Fannie Willis, who I think probably, I, I think there's probably some threats going on, if I had to guess. He's in a bad position, and they've got text messages that conflict this. This is the AJC's headline, but then buried in the AJC's article, because they always bury the lead. This is what they do. Let me find this here. So you see down here, all right, so he, that was the headline. Then down here it says, Steve Sado, former President Trump, uh, former President Donald Trump's attorney, subjected Bradley to a particularly withering line of questioning. Uh, uh, Sado showed Bradley text messages sent to him from Merchant, which is one of the other lawyers for one of Trump's co-defendants, before she filed the motion to disqualify Willis. In one, she asked Willis, and uh, and she asked if Willis's and Wade's romantic relationship began before Wade was appointed special prosecutor in November 2021 absolutely bradley tested he texted he texted absolutely to her and then unprompted bradley added it started when she left the district attorney's office and was a judge in south fulton county which was back in 2019 and it says here that would have been before wade was hired and contrary to what 
Willis and Wade testified at the hearing on February 15th that their romantic relationship began in early 2022. So uh, they, get, they, they give that headline that conveys the opposite of, of what the evidence and the revelations were in, in the hearing. Because they expect these idiots, and they're right, to only read the headline and say, oh my God, that's what happened. But then they can justify their misleading by saying, well, he actually, he actually, because what he did to this when this text was brought up is he said that he was just speculating, that he didn't know for sure, and he can't recall. Because none of these people can recall anything. Unless it helps Fannie Willis, they can recall nothing. If it can help Fannie Willis, they can recall what happened while they were in their mother's womb before they actually came out of her vagina. But anything that is harmful to Fannie Willis, they, they, can't, they can't recall. I can't recall anything. I have Alzheimer's. It's, it's just so, it's hilarious to watch the level of corruption going on with this. And those of you who are familiar with this case at all or have listened to this show, like, you know that it's, it's just so obvious that Fannie Willis and this dude had a relationship before she hired him, which is part of the, the, uh, the question being asked by the court is, should she be disqualified for, having, for hiring a guy she was banging and then this guy enriching her through public taxpayer dollars, which she pays him the taxpayer dollars, and then he funnels the taxpayer dollars back to her in the form of taking her on vacations and feeding her an unlimited amount of Baconators on the taxpayer dollar. I've gone through that a number of times. It's just obvious that this is the case. And if you don't see that, you're just blinded because you hate Trump. Like, I, I was these people on Twitter, they're... they're they're saying, oh, no, like, yeah, they're sharing this AJC article. Yeah, nothing happened. They're so, Trump, the Trumpers are so stupid. You know, I'm, I'm not even a Trumper. I, I'm a just, I, I want justice. And this is an obvious injustice going on. And if you don't, it, it, like, if you're not willing to embrace this, you, you need, your brain has just been eaten alive by your hate of Trump. And do you understand how manipulatable you are? If somebody knows that you hate Trump so bad that they can literally put such corruption in your face that you will defend such corruption because it opposes Trump. I mean, that's a powerful thing. I mean, it really is when you think about it. We know this mass group of people will do absolutely anything we want if we put something that opposes them as, a, as going after Trump or whatever. You get what I'm saying. I mean, it's just crazy. And I, I don't even want to go through the whole thing again about the Atlanta public school cheating scandal, which progressives who are familiar with that know that Fannie Willis is considered by black progressives to be evil. And she put black women, Democrats, in prison for her own political gain. Go read an article titled Atlanta Prosecutor Fannie Willis Sent Black Educators to Jail. It was an article that was uh, it's on the Black Agenda Report, the blackagendareport.com. That was the title of the article. And the article ends, I've already said this, but I, I, I want to reiterate. It ends by saying this. Willis is now in the news as a person who charged Donald Trump and 18 other people in, in a 41-count indictment charging them with a conspiracy meant to overturn the 2020 election. But she and other prosecutors must be scrutinized. One must always assume that defendants are being overcharged and that the RICO statute is being misused so that the state can act with nefarious intent. That these are black progressives who hate Trump saying, watch out for anything Fannie Willis does, even though she's going after Trump. 
But people are like, I hate, I, I hate Trump. I'm going to go with Fannie. So I want to watch some of this hearing with you all. And I'm just going to kind of play through it and skip around. Here we go. Here is, this is Terrence here. This is the very beginning of it. Thank you, Judge. Good afternoon, Mr. Bradley. Good afternoon. Good to see you. Sorry, under these circumstances. Um, I'm going to just go straight to where we left off before. Um, Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade were in a romantic relationship, correct? Correct. And um, it began at the time that they were both municipal court judges, correct? Uh, Objection, Your Honor, based on privilege. That will be covered in the attorney client privilege. So right away, we haven't even got one question in, and there's an already an objection based on client-attorney privilege, which you heard the judge overrule, and, and I know the judge is, the judge is not going to rule. Well, here's what's going to happen, by the way. They're going to dismiss Wade, and they'll throw this guy and Wade under the bus, and Fannie will continue, is my um, expectation of what will happen. But this whole hearing is happening because this information that's being asked about is because it was determined it did not fall under client-attorney privilege. Because locker room talk doesn't, you can't just hire somebody as your lawyer and start talking about pussy all the time and expect that it can't be brought up in trial. If that were the case, everybody would be like, let me give you a dollar, you're my lawyer now, let's talk about all that pussy I grabbed. That, that's what would happen. Okay, overall. I do not have knowledge of it starting um, or when it started. Look at, look at him. Terrence, you told me that it started sorry, when they were both municipal court judges, though, correct? That is incorrect. Um, you never confirmed in writing that it was instead of magistrate court, it was in municipal court judge when they were started dating? If you're speaking of the text message, you can go to that text message and you can read that text message and I will explain the text message to you. But you and I did not have a conversation about when it started. You asked a compound question of magistrate court versus, I mean, you, you said it was magistrate court municipal, match, I mean, you said uh, magistrate court conference, I'm sorry. Um, and then you asked another question. I said, no, municipal court, nothing else. I'm referring to a different um, conversation. I asked you, do you think it started before she hired him? And I'm going to object. This was covered uh, in the previous hearing where um, Mr. And Paul, you guys can hear this, right? I'll make sure this sh screen shared correctly. I just got paranoid for a second. Yeah, I think you can. All right, here it is. Bradley said he had no personal knowledge of the exact text that Ms. Um, Merchant is speaking of and actually used uh, in, a, to, in an attempt to refresh his recollection, and he explained exactly um, what he's explaining before the court. So this is uh, repetitive and unnecessary, and so I would object to past and answered and, and relevance at this point. Uh, perhaps we'll get there, but I think first Ms. Merchant has the right to draw his attention to the exact potentially inconsistent statement. I feel bad that it's this guy on the stand, though. It should be the other two. And for purposes of the record, uh, I believe Ms. Merchant, you tendered, was it the entire text chain as an exhibit? Um, I only tendered a few of the text, but I did give the state their, their courtesy. Yeah, you're right, Gord. He's time, not going to remove them. Um, of the was this you're right. tendered? 
This one was not yep. tendered. And I'm happy yeah. to tender it. Well, the judge is in the bag for Fanny, for sure. Whatever you we're mean. at, um, I, think, I think we're at 39. <laughs> I, I will wait to mark it. Um, but I think we're at 39. So she, she's bringing the, the text up to the judge. But, yes, Gordon said in the chats, the sad thing is that the judge is not going to remove Fanny. Yeah, definitely. The, the judge used to work for Fanny Willis in the DA's office, and the judge is up for re-election in May in Fulton County, who, if he gets rid of Fanny, will be branded a MAGA Trumper and will never win uh, his seat. So, Terrence, do you remember telling me that it started when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton? I see the message there, but I, I don't recall. Um, I do see that message, but I do not recall. You don't recall texting this? I look back at my text messages um, through uh, that we've had. I see that message, but I do not recall. He doesn't recall texting this. And she, she's going to tell you what the message is saying. Uh, like, uh, and when I asked you if you start, if you thought it started before she hired him and you responded, absolutely. Your Honor, I'm going to object as to the source of the information um, that Mr. Bradley allegedly gathered this from. Um, there's been absolutely no foundation. Um, and based on the arguments at the last hearing, that a lot of this is based on gossip, innuendo, assumption, uh, and privilege. So the the the, the or his lawyers, not his lawyers, but the Fannie Willis's lawyers, I guess, are leading the witness is what they're doing here. They're intervening when he's asked a question about a text message where he says, absolutely, the relationship started before. And they're trying to run interference for him, even though they know that it's already been determined this is not client. It's just it's just to muddle things up for people watching. Privileged information. And at this point, Ms. Virgin is not. Uh, provided a foundation as to how Mr. Bradley would have any information that she keeps uh, referring to. From Mr. Wade, just how. Go ahead, Mr. I, I didn't ask him about the source of the information. Um, and under Rule 621, I can impeach him with any inconsistent facts. Yeah. This is an inconsistent fact. He also says he got it from Wade earlier. Contrary facts. Sure. Why would it be fact. a relevant uh, impeachment if he actually has no personal knowledge of this? If he doesn't. Sure. So I think knowledge. you have to lay that foundation then, so that will be sustained. Um, do you remember telling me that it began? Well, that's and, that doesn't address the. No, not. I was. I was just asking if you remember telling me, as opposed to the okay, text. Sure. Do you remember telling me that it began? Well, no. And then you're going into the substance of, which we haven't determined whether he actually knows or how he knows. Just the minute things um, that they. You told me. In fact, you corrected me. When I said magistrate court, you corrected me and said it was municipal court. Yeah. Do you remember that? Same objection, Your Honor. This is, this is the exact same issue, right? Well, I'm asking if he remembers that. He hasn't answered that question yet. Right. The, the relevance of whether he, he remembers doesn't recall. it. Of course he doesn't remember it. Isn't established until we know how he remembers it or why he knows it. No, he doesn't recall. If that makes sense. No, I it doesn't. Not. Of course <laughs> it doesn't make sense. How he knows it, I'm, I, I'm just asking if he told me that. Right. So I wasn't asking how he knew that. I wasn't asking the source of that knowledge. I was asking if he told me that. Sure. That was it. But I, that's the point. It's how he knows it. Right. The source of the knowledge the state would contend is hearsay because it's gossip in innuendo, um, which is what <laughs> It's gossip well, from the here. source. It may not be gossip. We haven't really gotten there yet. We don't know how he knows what apparently he's He knows it because Wade told him. And he, he eventually, because somebody asked the question the right way, I don't know what at what point in this hearing, but somebody eventually correctly asked the question where nobody could say anything and have it disrupted. 
And Wade says he, he or uh, this guy Bradley says he got it from Wade, which is obvious. Everybody in the room knows that. They all know that. But there's just these constant disrupt disruption tactics going on from both the judge and, and the uh, the other lawyers, the opposition lawyers, trying to prevent that knowledge from coming out, trying to protect this witness from having to say what everybody knows is true. Dee's last said. Why would people watch Netflix when you got comedy dramas on for free? This is a comedy drama. You're exactly right. I'll let them continue with their bickering. I think we need to figure that out before we can go any further. Yes, and if the source of the information is a witness who've testified, then it's not hearsay. Um, so when did the relationship start? I cannot answer that. Uh, he doesn't when know. When was your first knowledge of the relationship? Objection, Your Honor. He's already answered that question multiple he times today. He can't remember. No idea the timeline or, or when it occurred. That was one of the first questions. This is so such a, I didn't ask He has long COVID. He has brain knowledge. fog. He testified he has knowledge that they had a relationship. I asked him when he first got knowledge of that. Okay. So the, the question is, when did you first get knowledge? I think we can start there. That was the question. Yes. Right. Thank you. When did you first get knowledge of their relationship? I can't recall. I've said over again that I was not, I didn't have any personal information where I could personally say when it started. I've said that time and time again. And, so and I don't I don't know when the relationship started. He should just say, I wasn't there when he stuck it in. I didn't see him, I didn't see him penetrate the first time. So I, I, I can't say exactly when first penetration occurred. And that wasn't my question. So mm -hmm. my question is, when did you first gain knowledge? I didn't ask the source of the knowledge, didn't ask you to comment on the validity of the knowledge. I asked when you first had knowledge. We'll get to the how, Mr. Abadi. So I'll uh, note the objection overrule it. I can answer that. Just for the record, I appreciate your honesty. Um, He's getting up. He's... He said he has no personal knowledge, so it's clear he had to gain the knowledge, not from, from hearsay. Yeah, he, he, had he to gain it. gain it from sure. his weight. Well, I mean, most of us learn things from hearsay. The question of whether, uh, whether it's admissible. Right? Objection, Your Honor. He wasn't there to. when the act so. happened. Uh, when did you first get knowledge? I'm not qualifying what type of knowledge. I'm just asking when you first knew about the relationship. I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> you just know how to answer it. So, <laughs> I can't give you a date if you're asking for a date. There's no date and time. If you're asking me how did I get the knowledge, it would have come directly from a client. Which was Wade. So Which was Nathan Wade. I understand. I think you, you say you can't answer that question. You don't know the date. So that's the answer to the question. But I, I said that five minutes ago. So, so you see that. He, he keeps saying his client throughout this hearing. His client is Nathan Wade. The special prosecutor that Fannie Willis was banging, and then she hired, and then he bought her all the Baconators off, off of public money. It was Wade. And then the judge interferes there. The judge is doing everything possible to protect this guy. Although, in the end, I don't think... I think this guy's getting thrown under the bus. And I think Nathan Wade is as well. I think Fanny is riding off into the sunset. Yes, sir. Next question, Ms. Merch. So you don't know the specific date? No. Do you know if it... Can we narrow down the timeline? Was it... Did you gain knowledge in 2019 of this relationship beginning? I'm going to object to this line of questioning because he said he does not know sure. when he gained knowledge. Uh, he doesn't know the specific uh, date. Merchant. I think we, I'm overruling that. I think we can try to see if he can narrow it down based on goalposts. Thank you. Um, 19, I would probably say no. I mean, 
I, I don't have anything that I'm, I'm, um, there wasn't a specific date. There wasn't a football game. There wasn't something that I can attribute to him telling me whatever. And so you're asking for a date. You're asking for a year. It's still a date. And at this time, <laughs> I am telling you that I do not have the date. So this is what lawyers do. In his mind, this is a lawyer speak. It, it's I don't I don't know the date. I don't know the exact time. I don't know the place I was. I, I can't answer that question accurately. I'm under oath here. How could I possibly give you an exact time and date and location of when I first learned of, of first penetration? I can't do that. Um, let's try this then. So you received a contract from Ms. Willis um, January 2021, correct? Uh, can I see the... <laughs> Um, yes, I think, yes, I think so. Exhibits are, I think, okay. I think, I, I think and, and, um, if it was from the uh, exhibits, I think it was 21, yes. And I don't want to belabor the point. <clears throat> that those yes. When you were here before. Yes. Um, if those documents. Sorry, my screen's messing up. This was it. Ah, sorry. When it started. Apologize. Sorry, my screen kind of messed yes. up there. Next question, Ms. Merch. So you don't know the specific date? No. Do you know if it can we narrow down the timeline? Was it did you gain knowledge in 2019? Scoot forward a little bit. Uh, can I see the? <laughs> yes, I yes, think, I think so. I think, okay. I think I, I think it, um, if it was from the uh, exhibits, I think it was 21. Yes. And I don't want to belabor the point. <clears throat> that yes. When you were here before. Yes. Um, if those documents that you looked at last time. Yes. Said January 2022. That's okay. 21. I I'm sorry, 21. You're right. Thank and you. And it was, I think, renewed in 22. It was, yes. So the contract date was um, that we have in the record is January 25th, 2022. So using that date, at that point, had they begun their romantic relationship? <laughs> Of 2022. January 25th, 2022. 2021, I'm sorry. When you got your first contract. I can't remember anything. He's <laughs> got brain fog. I don't recall. Um, I don't recall any, any specific uh, dates. No, of course not. He needs some nutraceuticals. No. You remember when you got that contract, though, correct? I remember I had the contract, yes. <laughs> and you remember? told us last week, or I, I guess it was exist. the week before now, you told us that Mr. Wade brought you that contract, essentially told you about that contract. That is correct. Um, so Ms. Willis is not the one that brought that contract to you directly. It was Mr. Wade. That is correct. At that point in time, they were already engaged in a relationship, though, correct? I'm going to object, Your Honor. I can't say that. The characterization of what Mr. Bradley just said. He just said he does not remember. There's nothing specific. He doesn't about. remember the exact date. And I think the question now is to reference it or tie it to maybe some other event that he might remember. I agree with Your Honor. She asked that specific question. He said he does not remember any specific dates after signing the contract. That's exactly sure. what he just said. This is asked right. and answered. I know. And we're getting to the end of it. So, Ms. Merchant, you don't have much more to pull on here. <laughs> he answered that last question. So, what's your next uh, I'm sorry, but it, how gay does the other lawyer sound? I'm not, nothing wrong with that. Just an observation. Um, and, and Judge, I, I didn't hear the answer if they were in a relationship right. January 25th, 2021. Mr. do you recall the question? I, I, I recall the question, and I can't tell you actively whether or not they were in a relationship at the time. You asked me about him bringing a contract. I said he did bring a contract, and that is accurate. Do you remember prior to, do you remember knowing Ms. Willis prior to her taking office as the DA? I had very little 
contact with Miss Willis. No um, penetration. I knew her um, through my business of coming down to Fulton. Yeah. If that's what you're asking. Yeah. Yes. You knew her through the business. Um, so had, you had met her prior to your contract. I'm going to object to relevance at this point as to why we're here today. Sure. Judge, he doesn't remember much of anything right now. He's acting like he doesn't even know who Fanny Willis is right now. He's like, Fanny who? No, I just, I only learned about this bitch recently is what he's acting like. <laughs> Gordon says it might have been 2019. It might have been 1919. I have no concept of time. And then D's last said they should let they should let this run in SNL's place. I agree. <laughs> and so I'm trying to create a timeline to hopefully piece this together. All right. Well, um, I, I'm not seeing really the, the likelihood that that's going to have any success. Well, I'll, I'll let you her. ask a few more questions, but if it doesn't have look at her on the microphone doing the I guess that's the court re recorder she's recording. It is so loud in there. She's having to, like, it's just, it's like she's a rapper in the movie Eight Mile, the way she's holding that mic doing the court reporting. I don't know that you're going to be able to create one today. Okay, thank you. Um, <clears throat> so, everybody knows the truth, it's just a facade. So the time that you had this contract from January 2021 until January 2022, did you come in and out of the DA's office? Yes. Okay. And so were you able to witness Mr. Wade and Ms. Willis interact during that time? No, no. Yeah, this has been asked and answered. Did you come in inside of the last hearing about Mr. Uh, Bradley's access to and from a specific room to pick up files? And Mr. Bradley said that sure. he rarely saw them together, uh, but this was... Yeah, I think the only avenue that was closed at the last hearing was his personal knowledge, potentially through, well, actually, no, if he testified, is that he had no personal knowledge. It's knowledge that conveyed to him that was cut off at the last hearing. That's really the only thing we hadn't been able to explore, unless you correct me if I'm wrong. Knowledge that was conveyed to him by? By somebody else. That's, that he claimed at the time was privileged. I found that it's not. That's what we're here to explore. Okay. Um... Do you remember telling me that not many people knew where they met? I'm going to object as to relevance, as to his personal knowledge, which is what 602 requires. Yeah, I mean, we're back to the same point, Ms. Merchant. His personal knowledge is what I'm asking him what he told me. But he hasn't yet told you how he knows that. And so if, unless he, he can establish why he should be testifying on this at all, then there's no relevance. And I don't know what, how he knows that. That would, be the next, but that would be the next question. But I first, how he knows it. I first have to establish that he said that. Yes, you don't. You can go the other way around. No, they, they do this. Um, it's disruptions. Totally, yeah. When you told me that it started when, you left, when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton, where did you gain that knowledge from? How long he pauses. Well, I'm going to object because his testimony a few minutes ago is that he did not recall making that statement. They're, so they're they're just they're totally trying to. It's just so. If there's any demonstration of how the system of justice has become a a system of injustice, it's this. Everybody in the room knows that Fannie Willis and this dude had this relationship beforehand. That the that Wade. He committed perjury. Willis was clever enough not to, I think, 
Maybe not. Everybody knows that, though. Everybody knows that he paid for a bunch of stuff from taxpayer money, that she's corrupt. She has a history of corruption, yet they have to go through this, this facade to try and act like this is legitimate. And the reason that they do it is so publications like the AJC can report what I showed you earlier. A uh, bombshell it was supposed to be a bombshell. It didn't work. Why is this doing this with the, uh, the Rockfin feed? It, it, bombshell didn't happen, whatever they reported. It's so they can create the lie that the media spreads around so that people who don't actually watch this don't know what the truth is. And they, they appeal to the confirmation bias that tells them what they want to hear. It's such bullshit. Overrule that, Mr. Bradley. Answer the question if you can. Absolutely, Mike. Repeat the question. <clears throat> when you told me that their relationship started when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton, where did you obtain that knowledge from? <laughs> it was, I was speculating. Um, <laughs> speculating. I didn't have a, um, <laughs> he was fucking speculating. They should have a fucking Jeopardy noise thing. Why, why he thinks of his answer? No one told me I was speculating. No one told you that? No one told me that. You were speculating based on things that had been told to you or things you had observed? So I'm going to object as to uh, the nature of uh, this line of questioning because the witness has made it clear he was speculating. He's made it clear. How or what he knew. And if it's speculation, it's inadmissible for the sport. He's made it clear, bitch. Motivations. For his reason for speculating would be admissible, so I'll overrule that. This is that. a joke. This is the most consequential trial, related to the most consequential criminal trial in American history. This is a joke. Was this speculation when you told me that? Was that based on things that had been told you? I should say, this is the lawyer that he texted to when it comes to, when he said that, did the relationship happen before 2022? Absolutely. It happened when she became that uh, judge for wherever back in 2019. This lawyer asking him these questions is the one who texted him this stuff, which he replied back to with these things. So they're talking about their own text message chain. <laughs> these two are. <laughs> and this other dude's objecting. You and things that you had witnessed. I never witnessed anything. So, um, you know, it, it was... Speculation. I can't tell you um, anything specific, if that's what you're you're asking. You can't tell me anything specific as to why you speculated about that. No, this was however many years ago. I mean, I don't recall, but does no, recall anything? I, I don't. Did you have any reason to lie? Why would he lie about that? I don't know if speculation is lying, but. Um, well, look, let me just show me where I'm going to I am going to speculate, and I'm going to present speculation here. That blonde attorney, my speculation is this. This interaction happened before they filed the disqualification file filing with the court. So he didn't know that he was going to be called to testify. This is a lawyer. They all know each other. With large breasts blonde hair that 
I'd be willing to bet that this guy who admitted in the previous hearing that he left the firm that he was at with Nathan Wade because he had been accused twice of sexual harassment and the women had been paid off. I don't know if it's true. I'm just telling you what they admitted in the previous hearing. This is a guy who I'm guessing might be attracted to this lawyer. This lawyer texts him some information, and maybe this lawyer was being a little bit shady about it. Maybe she was leading him on a little bit. I'm guessing that that affected the way that he answered. Now, maybe that should be brought up because that actually, I think, would be a better argument than the argument he's making now. If I were him, I would say, look, this chick with big titties texts me, and I thought I was getting laid, and so I told her what she wanted to hear. That's, that's what I would say if I was him instead of this shit. Speculating. You didn't yeah. ask me if I was speculating or guessing. I didn't ask you, but tell me if it says anywhere here that no, this is speculation. If this is the same one that you just showed me, it does not. And you're welcome if you need to to look at your text. Um, is there anywhere in here that indicates that you didn't have knowledge of this no. relationship? I'm going to object. The line of questioning your honor directed counsel to uh, explore is where he got the knowledge. He's explored that. He said it's speculation and he didn't get it from any source other than his own speculation. Sure. So I, think, I, I think we're flushing that out. From and, Nathan uh, Wade, uh, he, he made sure. right to have a little leeway on this if he's an adverse witness. Thank you, Judge. And Judge, <laughs> these speaking objections are clearly coaching the witness because he's regurgitating. Your Honor, I, 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 I can take offense to that comment. I'm objecting based on the law, and I'm, and I'm making a record for the court. Um, so I, I, I take offense to that comment. It's she said he's regurgitating. He said he takes offense to that comment. It's just funny to me. Not the case. All right. Well, uh, I think we can start with uh, objection, the grounds, and the rule number. And then if I need more, I'll ask. Thank you. All right. He's regurgitating. What did Nathan tell you about the relationship? Objection. Hearsay. Nathan has testified. It's still hearsay. It's an out-of-court statement being brought into the truth of the matter asserted. So hearsay. Judge. This is yeah, hilarious. This impeachment by contradiction, which <clears throat> would be an exception to the hearsay rule, and admissible as substantive evidence, and the privilege issues are overruled. Thank you, Judge. <laughs> well, I, I think he just overruled the privilege objection, but we don't know when he's talking about, so we've already established that December 2018 right. was... It's such a clusterfuck. Sure. And that's something I covered in the in-camera hearing, and I'm... Based on what he told me in that in-camera here, uh, I don't believe any statements to this effect were covered by privilege. And Judge, I just want for the record, because sometimes the record doesn't reflect where people are looking, and that when I ask a question, Mr. Bradley is looking at Mr. Wade and his lawyer to wait for them to object, and they're clearly interacting somehow in the court. So I just want the ref record to reflect that, because it wouldn't otherwise. It's there now. So she's right about that. Judge, one of my lawyers... Nathan Wade is sitting in the courtroom which is not clear from this, but at the very beginning of it, he's sitting there next to the lawyer. So he's there. He never testifies. He is just there. So he's right in front of his buddy as his testimony is going on. He's is standing, is sitting right in the back. A. There he is. Um, we're yes, going to go down that rabbit hole. You can look wherever you want. Yeah, and I've never looked at Mr. Wade or his attorney. He's standing That's up. Mr. Or, Wade is. <laughs> Mr. Bradley, question was put to you. Why is he standing up? Question, please. Yes. So I showed you, uh, or I asked you, I'm sorry, the question, the last question I asked you was, what did Nathan Wade tell you about the relationship? Same objection, Your Honor. And that's already been ruled on. <laughs> this is like communist Russia. I recall him 
stating that at some point they were dating. Uh, I can't tell you what date that was. It was made in confidence. We were in the back of our office. Of course. Our offices were the only two in the back. Yeah. There was no one else present. Locker room. That is all I can tell you at this time. That's it. You don't remember anything else? One time? One time. That's it. <laughs> you only had a conversation with him one time about the relationship? Objection. Asked and answered. No, I think that's a uh, clarify for a thorough sitting cross. Miss Merchant. I do not recall any other time that he mentioned uh, that they were in a relationship. No. You know what someone still needs to ask? They need to ask this guy what he knows about Fannie Willis's ex-husband, Fred Willis. I emphasize this point the last couple of shows I did about this, but there's no history online about the relationship between Fannie Willis and Fred Willis, who is 13, 14 years older than her, who the origin story of how they met is very strange and is very vague, and who is part of the same fraternity as all of the people, the Divine Nine fraternities, the, the black Illuminati that are involved in this case and that Fannie Willis hired to be in the Fulton County District Attorney's Office. Uh, th that's just information. How it's interpreted, I, I don't know. But that is information that's true and verifiable. And what's not verifiable is, is how Fannie Willis met her husband and whether or not her, her first husband was married at the time and if infidelity was involved. Because at question here is whether or not Fannie hid a relationship she had for her own benefit. So it is relevant when there's no history about her ex-husband, which she has clearly hidden from the public. Did she hide something back then? How, why did they get divorced? Was, is there a pattern here? It's very relevant, and this guy might have knowledge on it. Nobody asked that. Okay. Um, so other than, so you talked about this one time, um, and you said you don't know when it was, though, correct? That is correct. Um, was it before Mr. Wade, before you got the contract in Fulton County? Let's start with that. I do not recall. Okay. And yes, recall. Uh, how did it come up? Say again? How did it come up? COVID. COVID. Longer. I do not recall how it came up. Um, it was in the back. I know it was. I know where it occurred. Um, in our offices in the back. I can't tell you what we were discussing prior to that. I can tell you, pussy. You were discussing pussy. Hey, you fucking her. That's how it came up. Did you receive an email from me on January 6th um, with a motion attached? I think I did, yes. Yes, I know I, know I, I received a, I don't know if the date is January 6th, but yes, I received that. Okay. January 6th. Uh, so you remember receiving that? Yes. The date. Okay. Um, oh my God, he should have said, the only thing I can remember from January 6th is what happened, is the insurrection. That's what he should have said. That would have been perfect. You reviewed it, and then you, you and I spoke about it. Do you recall that? He's thinking really hard. Do we speak over the phone or are you saying through a text? That's what I'm asking you. I, I can't remember um, whether it was text to phone or 
but you recall us speaking, one way or another? One way or another, yes. Okay. Um, and where I was trying to confirm the facts in that filing. I think I remember um, <clears throat> there was a line of about um, the accuracy of um, how much money that my office, the law, the law office of TNSA Bradley, uh, had received, um, and whether or not that was going to be in the motion or not. Well, there wasn't a discrepancy. I had kept that out. You asked me to put that back in, correct? I don't, I, I recall you, um, <laughs> it takes such a long time to answer. That may be accurate, yes. <laughs> Maybe. And you thought, because you thought it might be suspicious if you were left out of the motion. No, I, I think, We discussed that it should reflect the accuracy because the accuracy was that I received, um, I had a contract and received 74 grand, 74,000. Um, and I think you had put in there that Mr. Campbell had received a certain amount, and then you also had put in there that Mr. Wade had received a certain amount. But there was not. anything in there originally and I said that it needed to be accurate. I needed to be accurate as far as that I have received seventy four thousand. I don't what did he just say? I have no idea. Forrest Mama, you're right. He he's a a bad liar, but clearly a, a lawyer. You can tell by the way he pauses thirty seconds before every response. A a baseline question which would never be admissible to court it is do dudes, when they talk about chicks, or, or, or do dudes typically not talk about chicks when they're with their 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 boys? Do they do they stay silent about? Well, where'd you go last night? What what happened? You and so and so disappeared. Would you guys? I mean, do they typically say? Oh, are they really non kiss and tell types? Is that is that especially when they share a fraternity? It just seems a little bit irrational to to act like, or stupid, ignorant, to act like there wasn't a conversation going on here between his buddy, who he ran a law firm with, <laughs> about his sexual exploits with the district attorney, or soon-to-be district attorney. It's just really dumb, and it's kind of wild, because I think that I don't know that this guy knows this, but I know that those who run the media know this, that this type, all they need to do is give people who just hate Trump enough to say, see, he doesn't remember. He doesn't remember at all. He doesn't know. And there were people on X who were respond. They would not read the part of the AJC article where they admit that he said that they were absolutely together before he was hired, Nathan Wade was hired, and they just, they, they would refuse to read it. The cognitive dissonance kicked in, and they just said that there's, he, he admitted nothing, and he knew nothing. And he said what he said under, he was under oath. So everything he said here was true because he was under oath. 
And one of them even told me that I should uh, charge him with perjury. I can't charge him with perjury. You know who can charge him with perjury? You know what's really fucked up? Who can charge him with perjury in Fulton County? Is the district attorney, Fannie Willis. Fannie Willis is the person who would be able to charge him with fucking perjury. It, it's all a little fucked up, isn't it? Right. Because you did not want anyone knowing that you had talked to me. I'm going to object this to relevance. Of course. Because he's trying to get that ass. I wanted you to be accurate as far as the accuracy of our message or, or your filing. Okay, so that was your, so your interest was in, in accuracy in the file. I didn't reach out to you and say, send me a copy of your motion. Right. I didn't reach out to you to say that you were, that I'm going to be in your motion. Right. I asked you to review it for accuracy. Right. For accuracy. And I just stated that it was inaccurate. And the inaccuracy that you pointed out was the thing about your child or how much you had made. the inaccuracy that I, I saw that jumped out was the fact that um, I saw that I was left out when you had put okay. the firm um, the money was I did not I did not um, when I responded to that it was for that specific reason okay and I agreed I would put that back in that section back in and I correct I did put it back in, and I sent it to you again. I don't recall getting a second email from you now. But you were happy that I put it back in, or that I agreed to put it back in. And object as to relevance. Yeah, we need to get, we need to, get to more <laughs> material aspects. Oh. Yes, Judge, I, I'm moving along, I promise. I think she played him, is what I think. So you asked me, you did ask me to put that back in. Well, he thought he's well, getting he laid. Didn't answer that last question, so we will. You did. Can you confirm you did ask me to put that back in, or to be accurate? <laughs> to put that back in. Yes, that's correct. I said that. Um, yes. Okay. And then I asked you if everything was accurate, and you said looks good. Accurate. Correct. I. I recall you asking that, but the looks good was applying to the accuracy of the 74,000. That's it. Okay. Um, so when you reviewed the motion and you specifically pointed out that one thing that you, that you found inaccurate, you didn't point anything else out that you found inaccurate in that motion though, correct? Accurate. No, I did not. And that motion alleged that their relationship began when Ms. Willis was in municipal court. If I can reread re -read the motion, but um, I don't recall. But if that's what it says, but I did, I did my saying um, that it looks good was when you put back in the seventy-four thousand um, into your motion. Okay, and that's that wasn't what I was asking. What I was asking is, you didn't tell me that there was anything else inaccurate in the motion, though, right? But I didn't say that anything was accurate other than. I'm going to move to a different 000. testimony that gets a little more now, escalated here in a second. When I told you that I had this motion that I was preparing, you asked me to send a rough draft. No, that's incorrect. May I approach, Judge? You may. 
I do feel sorry for this guy. I, I do. He, he is, this is not his fault. He did not initiate this. Fannie Willis, his buddy Nathan Way did. And he got caught in the middle because he happened to say, I'll be your divorce, divorce lawyer for his buddy. And that's why he's in this. And he's going to be the one that gets screwed over in all this. Him and Nathan Wade will. I guarantee it. Now, it'll be interesting to see what happens afterwards. The only way that Fannie Willis gets thrown off this case is if it becomes so obvious the corruption of justice going on here, the abuse, that the Fulton County voters want this judge to throw her off. We had been talking, and you asked me to send you a rough draft, and I told you, okay, but I didn't want it to be leaked before I filed it. Right. That is correct. That is correct. So you're the one that asked me to send a rough draft. Look at him. Look at him. You have to be seeing this to see the expression on his face. Looks like an Alabama football yes, coach. Right. Yeah, yes, that's correct. And that was at 10:08 on Saturday, January. So, so he wasn't like thinking about trying to recall information there. He was trying to decide, as a lawyer, is it best that I answer this in yes as correct, or is it better that I say I don't recall? So those long pauses, that's what's going through his mind. This is a lawyer thinking what can be used against me and what can't. Um, and then you got an email from me with that rough draft at 1025 that same day, correct? The, yes. Do we need to look at it? Um, if it, if it says 1025, then um, I know you sent me an email. Um, <laughs> Why he's looking at it, I'm, I'm going to object us to ask the name. We've been through the fact that he sent him a copy of the motion, but he specifically said rough draft or not, and then asked about the accuracy. He's explained his answer, and I uh, object to ask Nancy. He should start crying. We're getting there. He should start crying. Um, Why not? And then I responded when we were talking about that footnote that we were just talking about. I said I took it, I took it out, but I can add it back, and you said yes, add it back. You remember that? I answered that yes. And then I said, anything else, anything that isn't accurate, and you responded, looks good. You recall that? Let me see the... Of course. And there, I, I don't know where the exhibits are um, that were admitted. Okay, so I, I, it's a lot of this that went on. I'm going to skip it forward because this is a two-hour hearing. So I, I'm going to take it. I'm going to make a note of where we are right here in case... I want to come back to this later, but uh, I am going to just write on my hand. I can't find a piece of paper here. 34, 54. I want to take it up to a point where somebody kind of gets a little bit more specific with their question. Because this is all about asking the question in a way that there can't be an objection and the judge can't like intervene. So it's really like this chess match that I was talking about is how can we word it very specifically correctly that, that that enables us to compel an answer from him. And, and this lawyer here, uh, I think he did a little bit of a better job. His tits aren't as big, but he did a little bit of a better job, in my opinion. Uh, and I'm going to start at around 111, which is so I'm not exactly sure where it starts, but we'll go about right. We'll listen for a few minutes and see. Like, just date. Don't hire him. Actually, yeah, I'm going to take that back. This is some good shit here, I think. So this is somebody asking him questions on Zoom, a lawyer on Zoom. 
You testified that you did have communications with Mr. Wade about him visiting with Ms. Willis at a condo or apartment, correct? I don't think I testified that I had a conversation. I testified that any knowledge that I would have known anything about any condo would have come from that, but I don't recall a conversation about that. I, I do not recall the conversation about that. Of course. Do you recall any other thing at this point in time under oath that would indicate when the relationship started between Mr. Wade and Ms. Willis? I do not know when the relationship started between Mr. Wade <laughs> and Ms. Willis. I cannot recall okay, so that. Right oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to drill down on that now, okay? Yes, sir. Mr. Wade was hired as the special prosecutor on November 1st of 2021. You're aware of that, correct? I have my contracts to show when I started. I, no one showed me the contract of when he started, but. I just stopped that there. Everybody knows that who has followed this case. This is a lawyer, a lawyer. I went to law school. I'm not a lawyer. I had to go to law school. I know enough lawyers, I know from my experience, that you are going to go into a situation like this with as much information as you can have so that you can do what he's doing, not screw yourself over while also seeming to answer the questions. He knows exactly when it happened. This is just part of this tactic. He might seem dumb. He's not. He's using strategic tactics to not answer questions, whatever the question may be. Uh, so, but if, if he has a contract for November 1st of 2021, then that's correct. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to suggest to you that the record will reflect that the contract between Ms. Willis and Mr. Wade was November 1st of 2021, correct? I want you just to accept that. Okay. Is it your <laughs> testimony that you don't know under oath, whether or not there was a relationship between Mr. Wade and Ms. Willis before the contract? It's a good question. I do not recall any dates of when the con of when the relationship started. So whether you are pinpointing a date of when his contract started or not, I'm telling you, I did not recall any specific date that he flat out said anything about a relationship with Ms. Willis. Now I want to go, based on what you've just said, let's go to the, what was Defense Exhibit 26. Okay. Look at him. In Defense Exhibit 26. You see him flipping that pin around, nervously looking at the screen? Six, which I showed you. I'll take it back a second. I didn't mean to take it back that far. Like just, like just date, don't hire him. Do you? That's, that's, that's actually, I want you just to accept that. Watch okay? this pin here for the next minute here. Is it your testimony that you don't know under oath whether or not there was a relationship between Mr. Wade and Ms. Willis before the contract? I do not recall any dates of when the con of when the relationship started. So whether you are pinpointing a date of when his contract started or not, I'm telling you I did not recall 
any specific date that he flat out said anything about a relationship with Miss Willis. Okay. Now I want to go based on what you've just said. Let's go to the, what was Defense Exhibit 26. It's minor. But... Okay. In Defense Exhibit 26, which I showed you last time, was two pages of text messages between you and Miss Merchant, correct? Correct. Now, the first page starts off by saying, Miss Merchant, like, just date, don't hire him. <laughs> Do you think it started before she hired him? You see that? Uh... Yes, I see it, yes. And your response to that was absolutely correct. I'm going to object, ask and answer All right. So, um, Mr. Sado, uh, I, I do think we went through a lot of these texts. We, we didn't go through this whole just one. A, just a second, Mr. Sado. All right. Um, Who's got their phone on in the courtroom? That, that's crazy. If you have your phone on in the courtroom when you go to, a, like, a, a traffic ticket hearing or something... You'll be held in contempt of court. That, that's kind of wild. It was probably one of the people involved in, in the case, so they just kind of shut it off, but whatever. The question for me is, what loyalty does this guy have that he is trying, he's bending over backwards to try and protect Fanny and Wade and himself, which he's, he's going to get thrown under the bus. I'm sorry to tell him. He's screwed. Fanny's not going to protect him. I'm sure there was some sort of promise there. She's district attorney. She's not going to charge him with per, uh, perjury, but uh, he's going to end up, they have to have some sort of sacrificial lamb. I have a feeling this is going to be one of them and that Wade will be. So it's like maybe he doesn't recognize that. Why is he not just coming out with it? Was a threat involved? That's something that's definitely not going to come out in court, obviously. I'm sorry, Mr. Sadow. Uh, you said we didn't go through this particular one? No, we went through, we stopped right there. I well, want to go. I, I went, I answered, because she, this so is the exact language that she just stated a few minutes ago. You can read it back. Okay, Mr. Sadow. Are you saying both of these two exhibits weren't already covered by Ms. Merchant? It was not gone, this particular language was not gone into. I'm doing it based on the exhibit itself. Um, well, let's do it this way. I now move into evidence defense exhibit number 26. All right, and I don't have, I have to search through my notes, but does anyone recall that that one actually been tendered in a minute already? It was. No, it was only. It, it, tell me if I'm wrong in this. Does it look like he has tape on his webcam to you guys who are seeing this on video? I mean, good for him if he does. I'm just curious. I just realized what that might be. Presented to your honor for you to take back into camera ex parte to speak with Mr. Uh, Bradley and his counsel. Okay. Uh, Ms. Merchant is indicating that it was admitted. I thought Mr. Sadow admitted it, but I'm organizing them back in order. Um, so I, I think it might be easier if I just admit the copies. So All right. That's what referring to. All right. So defense exhibit 26 and 27 are being tendered. Um, well, actually, only 26 at this time. Okay, Defense Exhibit 6, any objection from the state? 26. 26. 
I'm going to object as it relates to foundation and authentication. It was used to, uh, during the last hearing, for the purposes of uh, refreshing his recollection. And it's my recollection is that it didn't refresh his recollection, but I renew my objection as to ask and answer the cumulative. Okay. Uh, as to foundation and authentication, I think uh, Mr. Bradley has recognized that in this text that he sent and received, so um, I think I'd, I'd overrule on that basis. Any other objections to their admissibility from any other uh, defense counsel? And seeing none, Defense Exhibit 26 is now admitted. Mr. Sadow. Thank you. All right, let's continue. Now I'm publishing it. After you said the word absolutely, on you your own, going there? you said... It started when she left the DA's office and was judge in South Fulton. No, no, they met at... Yeah. Asked and answered. All right, understood, Mr. Biden. Uh, I'm going to let Mr. Sato have a few minutes on this, uh, and we'll go from there. But uh, Judge, I... I well, I'm sorry. Uh, I did answer this. I answered it for Ms. Um, Merchant. I stated that I was speculating. The judge, uh, someone objected to the speculation, and but this was the exact same language. Right. Well, thank when you, I said that Mr. Bradley. Mr. Sadow is asking the question in a slightly different manner, and I'm going to give him a little bit of leeway to do that. So, Mr. Sadow. All right. I hesitate to have to start back where I was, but after the word absolutely, you, on your own, said it started when she left the DA's office and was judged in South Fulton. They met at the Municipal Court CLE conference. That's what you said, correct? That is correct. Yeah. It's your test. So uh, I had people on X pushing back on me that he said this because of the headline that the AJC said, that he didn't give any testimony, that, that he was just such a letdown. And I showed the screenshot where the AJC buried, because they buried the lead, they always do this, hoping that their uh, readers only read the headline, that he said this right here. And they still, they pushed back on me and, and told me that it was unsubstantiated. And, and I'm saying to them, I responded, you just have to watch the hearing, which of course they're not going to do, and, and, and they're probably trolls anyway. But... This is the, the problem in this country right now is what you can actually watch with your own eyes and hear with your own ears, presuming it's not a deep fake. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Can be just completely disregarded and written off by people who read one headline, one headline that satisfies their confirmation bias. I mean, it's extraordinary. Like the pushback that I got by simply stating what was stated in this hearing was kind of mind-boggling to me. Testimony, at least so far, that when you on your I'm own... I'm going to take that back just to hear that again. It, just like, it's just extraordinary. One objected to the speculation, and but this was the exact same language. Right. Well, thank when you, I said again, that Mr. Bradley. Mr. Sadow is asking the question in a slightly different manner, and I'm going to give him a little bit of leeway to do that. So, Mr. Sadow. All right, I hesitate to have to start back where I was, but after the word absolutely, you on your own said it started when she left the DA's office and was judged in South Fulton. They met at the Municipal Court CLE conference. That's what you said, correct? That is correct. Now, it's your testimony, at least so far, 
that when you, on your own, gave those two statements in the text, that you were merely speculating and did not have that knowledge from Mr. Wade. Is that your testimony under oath? Yes, that's what I testified to, yes, sir. So you on your own came up with the whole notion that it started when she left the DA's office and was judge in South Fulton. That's, according to you, that's speculation on your part, correct? Overruled. That's the question, Mr. Bradley. Yes, that's, that's speculation on my part, yes. That's such a lie. Right. It has that's nothing to do with what Mr. Wade had told you, correct? I answered your question. I was speculating to uh, the answer. That is correct. So maybe you can tell the court, in your own words, why in the heck would you speculate in this text message and say that it started when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton? Why would you speculate and say that in a text? I knew they had met um, at the municipal court um, That's conference. All the um, How do you know that? I'll stop you right there. How did you know that? Good question. I answered that the last at the last. Uh, I, I'm I asking knew that. you now. I knew that Sir, because I'm asking when, you now. I'm asking you questions, <laughs> and you are in a situation where you get to give answers. Mm -hmm. I'm asking you, how did you know that? How did I know Some when they people, met? Somebody told you that, right? When they met? Yeah. yeah. Yes, correct. Who told you? Mr. Wade yeah. told me when they met. Yes. So you had more than exactly. one conversation about the relationship between Mr. Wade and Ms. Willis because he told you where he met her. That's correct. incorrect. Incorrect. It's incorrect. It's incorrect. Okay. So just to be clear, he, he just admitted that it was Mr. Wade who told him about the relationship which he in the text said, which this guy I don't think actually connects, but they all have connected in their minds. Everybody knows. Happened in 2019. And, and I hate to even belabor this point because everybody knows this. Everybody already knows this. The fact that this case has not been thrown out already or has not been decided already and both Wade and Willis haven't been disqualified already shows you how much of a facade this is. It's such a facade. Let's go back to uh, let's go back to the exhibit. Why would you speculate that that's when they started the relationship? What would cause you to put that down as speculation? I don't recall, but um, why I thought that it started at that time. Um, but I do recall that he only met her, and I testified to that that he met her in at that conference, which was in 2019. You knew that Ashley Merchant represented a defendant in this case when you were text messaging with her, correct? Yes, I did. Yes. And you knew that the reason she was asking you questions about Mr. Wade was because she was trying to show when the relationship began, correct? Mm, no, that's not 100% not, but correct. beginning of the text message.
but what, what messages were before this message before she said that? Okay. I, I can't answer that question because I don't have them. All I have is what's in front of you. Yes. And it says that she says, do you think it started before she hired me? So you knew as the counsel for a defendant in this case that Ms. Merchant was asking you specifically about the knowledge that you had regarding the timing of the relationship between Wade and Ms. Willis, correct? Um, I mean, based on this, yes, uh, I see what and was in, And in response to that, you answered directly on your own what you now claim to be speculation, right? That's correct. So I ask you one more time before I move to the next part of this. Why would you speculate when she was asking you a direct question about when the relationship started? Exactly. I have no answer for that. Of course not. Except for the fact that you do, in fact, know when it started, and you don't want to testify to that in court. Exactly. That's the best explanation. This is it's just obviously true. That's the real, that's the true explanation, because you don't want to admit it in court, correct? No, I have no direct knowledge of when the relationship started. You, I'm not going to go back through that again. Well, if you didn't know, and you were asked specifically as this exhibit shows, mm -hmm. maybe you can explain why you wouldn't say, I don't know. Is that a question? You're asking <laughs> oh, me a yeah, question to definite, ask me? Definite question. Um, state that again. I apologize. He, just, he didn't remember it. If you're being asked, as we've just gone through with this text message from Ms. Merchant, yes. as the attorney for a co-defendant, yes. and she's asking you about the relationship, and she's clearly asking you about the timing. Why wouldn't you just have said, in response, I don't know when it started? I, I don't know why I didn't um, say I don't know. Maybe, again, it's because you know what the truth is, and that's why you answered exactly the way you did it in Defense Exhibit 26, correct? No, I can't sit here and tell you that what you just stated was correct. Right. What you want the court to believe, and you want the rest of us to believe, is that for some unknown reason, upon being asked a direct question about when the relationship started, you decided on your own to simply speculate and put it down in a text message as opposed to putting down what you actually knew. That's what you want the court to believe, correct? That was a lot. So can you that was break lot. that down? I apologize. <laughs> You're asking me, do I want the court to d d just to believe, to believe that instead of saying nothing, you decided on your own to speculate. Yes, I speculated. Yes, I, I've stated right, that I speculated. Yes, sir. Right. That's what you want the court to believe, correct? That's correct. Okay, now, then when you go to the next page of that, Okay, you see, it starts, the best that I can see, it starts in South Fulton. Is that what you have in front of you? Second page. 
So here they get into, he starts disrupting by saying the pages are different. It's all these tactics that, that are used by people who know what they're doing to prolong or avoid answering questions. The second page that I have says that's what I figured. Okay, I, that may be cut off from the one that I have. But it's, I'm looking at uh, my opening set line says in South Fulton. Is that on your second page? Um, no. So the, if you're going in order of the um, pages, no, neither page starts with South Fulton. No, my, don't get caught up on whether it starts that way. Does the second page have a line in there that it says in South Fulton? Oh, uh, yes, I apologize. So now we see. Yes, it. that's fine. Yes. Yes. Just it. want to make sure that we're on the same page. Yes, um, absolutely. Frightening. Okay. <laughs> you say after in South Fulton, they met at the municipal court CLE conference, right? Yes, you see that? Yes, that's correct. And then Miss Merchant says, that's what I figured when he was married. Is this accurate? Upon information and belief, Willis and Wade met while both were serving as magistrate judges and began a romantic relationship at that time. You see, that's what she said, right? No, I mean, so it says they Wait. met at municipal court CLE. The only other thing here says that's what I figured when he was married. There's no response for me on that day. And then there's another response. Um, I mean, a, I guess a question that says, is this accurate? Okay, that's what I was just, that's what I just went over with you. Okay, so I don't have um, anything in that, is this accurate at all? Um, I can show the court, no, no. it's just, it just says, is this accurate with the question mark? I don't have anything following that. You don't have, after that, upon information and belief, Willis page. and Wade met while both were serving as magistrate judges and began oh. a romantic relationship. Okay. This guy's acting, 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 acting like this is the first time he, he has seen this, even though he is the one who said it. it, it it's such a disruption tactic. It's, it's, uh, I apologize. Uh, it he knows what he's doing. Page. I apologize. No problem. Yes. So let me make sure. So, no, no. I, I see that now. Yes. All right. So that's exactly what I just right read. Me. What's the definition exactly of is? Exactly what Miss Merchant said to you in the text, right? Yes, that was in the text. Is is it accurate upon further information? Yes, that's there. And yes. again, since you have told us that you were speculating when you gave the answer that we went over with previously, on this one, you don't say I don't know. You simply correct her by saying no, municipal court, right? Yes, so the, she asked, was it accurate? And I said, it wasn't accurate. No, it wasn't accurate. It was municipal court. Right, and when you said it wasn't accurate, it was municipal court, you weren't, didn't say, no, that's not accurate. They didn't start a romantic relationship at that time, correct? No, but I was referring to the municipal court no it wasn't accurate um as it applied to the i was answering the no municipal court meaning if she, when she said is that accurate it was to the municipal court and not magistrate court okay 
It's just so if I were in that courtroom, I would have such a hard time just standing up on on the seat or on the table and saying, we all know this is bullshit. Why are we pretending and wasting everybody's time? Everyone knows what's going on here. Everyone does. It's such a, a, a bullshit exercise that half of the country is going to swallow whole because they're only going to read headlines about it and because they want to believe that it's happening a certain way and they want to ignore the reality of it, which could affect them very negatively also. But it's just so obvious, the bullshit exercise that's going on here. I mean, this thing should have been decided a long time ago. It's just crazy the minutiae that they're being forced to go through to show that something is corrupt that everybody already knows is corrupt. Everybody already knows it's corrupt. But you didn't say that the rest of what she asked you was accurate. You didn't say, no, that's inaccurate. That's not true. That's not accurate. You simply said the only thing that wasn't accurate was municipal court should be there instead of magistrate, right? So I was answering the question of it, it was a compound question. Um, That's what he said. And I was I was answering the question of she wrote magistrate court, and I said no municipal court. Right, but it's not compound. It's one. So I'm trying to get it to a point before we get out of here of where, and maybe I'll just have to find it somewhere just on YouTube. But he is given a document that he reads through, and during reading through it, he says to himself, he goes, dang. It, in what certainly seems like, uh, oh, shit, <laughs> dang, I didn't expect this revelation. I, I think it's somewhere around here. If not, I'm going to look and see if I can find just a snippet uh, of that. But I, I, I hate to play it out of context. One statement upon oh, information is bleak. I'm sorry. I know that's okay. It's, I know the feedback and the delay is, is complicates things, but I think you've adequately made your point here. I don't think we need to belabor it much longer. Let's move on to the next issue. Okay. Thank you, Hunter. Uh, Mr. Bradley, prior to coming into court today, did you and your lawyer meet with anyone from the district attorney's office? No. I mean, your... no. not, not that I know I'm aware of, though. I did not meet to anyone. Sorry? I, I did not meet with anyone um, outside of my attorneys. Did you have any conversation? I did not. Conversation? I did not. So you have not spoken, if I understand you correctly, prior to coming into court today, you've not spoken with the prosecutors? No. Right? I've not spoken to the prosecutors. I've not spoken to defense. I'm sure, yeah. Have you spoken to Mr. Wade? No. Of course. No, of course. So, <laughs> as far as just getting into the courtroom today, there's been... Did no you hear him breathing there? So the microphone we're hearing is him going... I don't know if this is picking it up as much, but throughout most of this hearing, you can hear him going like grunting and just he's this guy hates being here i would too no contact or conversation in it with any of the parties we just went over right there has not been any contact with defense or the state at all i 
I think I have basically just one or two more questions. Why would you see the need to speculate when you were texting with Ms. Marchant? I, I, I think we did cover that one, uh, Mr. Sadow. <clears throat> I think that exact question was already put to him. What would be the, what would be the next one? We, I'm, I'm trying to look. Let's go to 27. Defense Exhibit 27. Do you have that now, sir? I do, sir. All right. Uh, would you look at it and tell me whether or not the Defense Exhibit 27 appears to be accurate? Because I want to seek to introduce it into evidence. It consists of an email to you from Ms. Merchant and the text response from you, correct? But the text response was not in response. So yes, it does consist of the email and a text response. I'm not saying that the text response applies to the entire email that was sent. I, I, all I've asked you right now is, are the yes is the email and the text are those accurate in the interaction that makes up defense exhibit 27 as it applies to the stapling of the email and the stapling of a text message chain yes it, that is defense uh defendants exhibit 27 this is um I, it's accurate okay i would move defense exhibit 27 in I believe it was treated the same way as 26 last time. Same objections, Mr. Abadi? Yes, Judge. All right, overruled. Any other objections from defense counsel? Seeing none, defense exhibit 27 is admitted. Anything else? Your Honor, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know whether you'll find this objection, but we're not all asking it, obviously. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> Mr. Bradley, you realize that if you were to testify under oath, that you knew from Mr. Wade that the relationship between him and Ms. Willis existed before the contract in November 1st of 2021, that if you testified that you knew that from Mr. Wade, that would show that both Ms. Willis and Mr. Wade had lied under oath. You know that, don't you? Yeah, I think that's going to call for an opinion on the, <laughs> on the credibility of another testifying witness. So I don't of think that would be an appropriate question. We just don't have any credibility. All right. it's a, and that's all I have, you Thank you, Mr. That's Sena. all he had. <laughs> <laughs> so these lawyers, you have like seven lawyers because it, it is, I probably should have uh, clarified this at the beginning, but all of Trump's co-defendants on the case, their lawyers have are part of this disqualification hearing so they're all getting to ask questions to the witness and so that's why you have one by one these lawyers coming up and some of them have already had their questions fleshed out but that's why you hear similar line of questioning coming just in a different way which is is good because some of them ask the questions in a better way than others do which i think you've probably seen at this point we'll see mr bradley um do I understand from your prior testimony that Miss Merchant sent you a motion to review? You that hot little Asian girl in the background there. Prior to her filing it. Objection. Court call. Call the cumulative answers. Right. I'm going to give them just a little bit. All right, Mr. Stockton. Maybe this is going somewhere else. 
did, did Mrs. Merchant send you a motion prior to January 8th of 2024 for you to review? That is correct. And did you, in fact, review that motion? That is correct. And did you indicate to Ms. Merchant that the contents of that motion seemed okay to you? Well, so you're referring to Exhibit 27, which, as I stated a few minutes ago, one is an email, one is a text chain. So in the text chain, when I, I never responded to the email. I never responded looks good or anything to the email that was sent to me. However, in the text chain, um, you're, what you all are trying to merge together is the fact that I was asked about um, the contract and um, that and that contract was a $74,000 and me being added back to that. So when I said, uh, and I think before that in that text, um, it referred to the me being added back. And at that time I said, yes, looks good. <laughs> and you're aware and you recall that when Miss Merchant presented you with that motion, she asked you not to disclose it to anyone until she filed it. Is that correct? Uh, we are covering, I think, the last five or six questions. We've covered ground. Let's get to that ultimate point. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to get there, Judge. I promise you. Okay. Repeat the question. I'm sorry. She asked you not to disclose that motion to anybody until she filed it, correct? Uh, I think so. I think that was in the text message, yes. And you knew, in fact, it was her uh, intention to file that motion, correct? The actual motion that she, um, that was sent? Yes. I knew that she was going to file a, mo a motion, yes. Um, I do not think that that was the final draft or it could have been that she was working on it, but yes, I knew that she was going to file some motion, yes. And you knew that she presented that motion to you for your review so that she could make sure it was accurate, correct? I'm going to object. All this is asked and answered and cumulative. Yep. All right. I think Mr. Stockton's getting to the next point, so why don't we just ask that one? Yeah. It's just all these lawyers are trying to ask similar questions but a little bit better trying to ask better questions than the previous lawyer and they're in such a routine because that's what their training has taught them to establish i need to establish a certain set of facts before i ask this question but these set of facts have already been established almost through the previous line of questioning but they they haven't been established completely so so that's why it can be so tedious and it's almost like that's part of the whole scam going on here is you have one lawyer after another coming up and asking a very similar question all, tr all all knowing what they the point they have in their mind that they want to make but they have to get through this long line of, of factual information that that may be agreed upon by the court or may not be before they have to establish that premise before asking the question and they might get snuffed out by the judge we've already asked this line of questioning before they can get to their actual question but if they were to risk let me just ask my question without establishing that premise then they also might get snuffed out by the judge this is what you learn in law school 
this goes back, I talk about this a lot on the show. When you are in your legal writing brief class, you could write the best legal brief in the history of the world. But if your font is wrong, you get an F, you fail, because that is something the judge can reject your entire brief based upon. And so this is why these lawyers are so tedious and specific about going back through a similar line of presentation and facts as the previous ones, even though they're asking different questions, making different points. Is that correct? Did you? Uh, uh, let me go to combine that with the next question, so we're not having to lay bit by bit every single Mr. time. Mr. Bradley, you knew that Mrs. Merchant was relying on your review to um, ensure the accuracy of that motion prior to filing it, correct? Speculation as to what he knew that Ms. Merchant knew. No, I, I, I overrule that. Mr. Bradley? No, so once again, I was excluded from um, the footnote of that motion and my review of it and I said, hey, you need to add me back to the footnote because I did have a contract and I did receive 74000 um, If I may help you out, let's talk just about that part of the motion that deals with the relationship between uh, the District Attorney Willis mm -hmm. and Mr. Wade. Mm -hmm. When you reviewed that, you knew that she was that Miss no, Merchant. I, no, I did not know that she was relying on me to for any any um, relying on me for any accuracy other than um, what was put in there. If about there was, the seventy-four thousand, Mr. Bradley, if there was something patently false in that motion, you would have told Miss Merchant, wouldn't you? I can't say that I would or wouldn't if I don't, I don't know what I would have told Ms. Merchant. If there was something pat, patently speculative, you would have told Ms. Merchant, wouldn't you? I don't know what I would have told Ms. Merchant. I, she asked me, was it accurate? Um, we were discussing the 74000 that was left out. Again, if I may direct you just to that portion dealing with her, the relationship between uh, Mrs. Willis and Mr. Wade. You didn't, you didn't tell her that there was anything patently false in that because you didn't see anything patently false in that motion as it relates to the relationship. Question. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you did not inform Mrs. Merchant that there was anything patently false in not. that motion that was that you were presented with as it concerns the relationship because you did not see anything that was patently false, correct? Objection asked and answered cumulative. All right, next question, Mr. Stockton. I bet they're paying. And you didn't see anything that was speculative in there yeah. either, did you? I mean, the abuse this guy is taking, I bet he's getting paid off by Speculation on my part. Total speculation. I'm coming at from the other way that Mr. Sadow did. I can't did recall. anybody from the district attorney's office or any witnesses in this 
this case contact you about Miss Merchant's motion from January the 8th of 2004 until today. Did anyone contact me about her motion? Yes, from the district attorney's office or any uh, witnesses or anybody else involved with the case besides the defense. He doesn't recall. Other than the call that I, the only personal call that I had was with Gabe Banks. I never spoke to anyone else and he to my knowledge, him. he's not a part of it, so. That's all I got, Judge. Thank you, Mr. Stockton. This guy looks like Mr. he's Durham, being tortured. No question, Joe. Thank you, sir. Mr. McDougal. I should say that that computer is not his, so if he put whoever put the thing covering the camera on the screen, it wasn't him. Mr. <clears throat> you have certain information about the relationship between Mr. Wade and Ms. Willis that is not privileged, correct? <laughs> well, that was my determination, so I think he disagrees with it. So what we're going to say his opinion is a little irrelevant on that point. Yeah, uh, do you understand that the court has ruled that certain information that you have about the relationship between Ms. Willis and Mr. Wade is not privileged? Up in the speed on this. The court's ruling, as I understood it, and as my lawyers and I understood it, of the privilege not existing was based off of a conversation that was had in my office in the back of my office, which was confidential, with Mr. Wade and I. That's what was asked of me on yesterday, and that's what the ruling, to my knowledge, unless I'm being corrected here now and saying that it's more, it was that particular piece that the judge said did not have privilege. I want to pause here again and give a shout-out to the court recorder who is continuing to hold that mic close to her face like she's rapping at a Eminem 8 Mile in the movie. But you can't hear her. But she is, so she's repeating everything for the court reporting. She's doing an exceptional job. You don't even know she's there. What a great job she's doing. And have you testified already today to the sum total of your knowledge of the relationship that is outside the scope of the privilege according to the court's ruling? Can you answer that again? I'm, I'm sorry, I, I didn't understand it. Referring to what you understand to be the information that is not privileged, have you testified to the sum total of that information? <laughs> I think I have, yes. I think, has, yeah. I think I've testified to, to that, yes. All right, sir. That's my question. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, that's it. So I'm going to play you guys one more clip. I thought we, were, we would get to it in this. But this is a clip where he is handed... I, I wish I knew exactly the timestamp of this, but I don't. But I'm going to show it to you anyway. This is where he has handed some information by one of the lawyers, and he has kind of a subtle reaction to it that, that I want you to hear, and then we're going to get out of here. Here he is. It was two pages of text messages between you and Ms. Merchant, correct? Correct. All right. Now... The first page starts off by saying, Miss Merchant, like just date, don't hire him. Do you think it started before <laughs> she hired him? You see that?
Yes, I see it. Yes. <laughs> and your response to that was absolutely I correct. I'm going to object. Ask an answer. Did you hear what he said there? It's very subtle. The first page starts off by saying, Miss Merchant, like just date, don't hire him. Do you think it started before she hired him? You see that? He just said, damn. It's very subtle, but he just said, damn. R reading that. <laughs> there it is. There it is right there. <laughs> Damn. Yes, I see it. Yes. Yeah, he sees it now. Damn, he sees it. Okay. I, I know you guys recognize this. It's not, it's just, I just find this to be so interesting, the chess match going on. This is not a stupid person. This is a smart person. He's a lawyer. He's been practicing law for a long time. He obviously strategized. He's, he's obviously been in communication with Fanny and the other guy. And they are, they're, they're in a chess match with these lawyers asking the questions, trying not to perjure themselves, while also trying not to reveal what everybody knows is true, which is that Fannie Willis hired a guy she's banging, who, who then took all the money she's paying him, uh, the taxpayer money she's paying him, and, and she's benefited from through all the vacations that he took her on and the, and the Baconators he's bought her. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows it's corrupt. Anybody who knows anything about Fannie Willis's history and what she did during the Atlanta school cheating scandal where she, she has ruined the lives of these teachers who ha she has no evidence against them, against some of them. What she did was she went to the people who were guilty and she said, I will let you walk free if you just point the finger at somebody else. And they pointed the finger at somebody else. And the people they pointed the finger at were black Democrat women. They, they all are. There's only white, one white chick who, who was... I, I say this because of people defend Fannie Willis thinking she's, she's some sort of social justice warrior fighting for them. She's not. So they pointed the finger at, at, at these women who were elementary school teachers. So the elementary school teachers in the Atlanta public school trial had no incentive to actually cheat because they did not receive any reward. The ones who did it received financial benefit for showing their students had higher grades. That did not apply to the ones who were pointed out. And the ones who were pointed out by the guilty people who Fannie Willis let walk have maintained their innocence to this day and their lives have been ruined because their teaching license, and these are teachers who were some of the most awarded, like, like best teachers according to like their history leading up to that. They haven't been able to work. They have had to spend all of their money defending themselves, and they have maintained their innocence because they did nothing wrong. You can read, there's a book that one of them wrote, and, and Fannie Willis is the villain of that book. But none of these people who support her right now know anything about this. She has weaponized the RICO charges for her entire career so that she can rise politically and gain power. That, that is the consistent history of Fannie Willis. But people will defend her blindly because they hate Trump. It's maddening. 
And I get it. It's how the propaganda machine works. And she's not going to be removed from this case, even though everybody knows she should be. Maybe she steps down. That's like the only hope to have any sort of sense of justice here. But her ego is too big for that, in my opinion. The only way that McAfee removes her is if he thinks that the Fulton County voters want her gone because she's so corrupt. And you have to make that super obvious. And I can tell you by the way people have reacted on Twitter, it's not super obvious to them. This dude who we looked at on screen and the guy she was banging, she'll throw them under the bus in a second. There's no doubt about that. He'll probably get removed. Wade. And maybe him and this, and this guy both lose their uh, license to practice law. So we'll see if they become whistleblowers after that. I just love watching this because it's just such an interesting dynamic of how it just demonstrates how the legal system actually works, you know. Well, for, for people like this anyway. <laughs> you know, not for, the rest of us, it might not work that way. Uh, but so ARIM, let me see what you're asking over ARIM. He said, dang, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, my assertion that the witness was in coordination or in communication with Fannie Wells and the other guy uh, contradicts testimony, or, or your assertion that is obvious, or that's obvious that it happened is opposite of, of what was test. At, yeah, no, it, it, exactly. It, it's it, the the guy is there. This guy is in conflict. Like I, I, I do not envy this guy. He does he tell the truth about what happened and risk perjuring himself before because that's what that would be doing and also risk the wrath of fanny willis and his fraternity brother that's what he calls the guy nathan wade I, there's no telling that there's like i i expect there's probably been threats going on this is speculation on my part i don't have evidence of this i don't have a text message about this it's speculation but I do this. I feel really bad for this guy. I would just watch. I, I really do, because it shouldn't be him up here getting grilled. It should be Fannie Willis, and it should be Nathan Wade. But they have thrown this guy under the bus already. It, it's it, it's bullshit. Somebody looks thirsty. You talking about the guy? You talking about me? I look thirsty. You talking about the the guy? I mean, I I, I could use I could use a. A, a bottle of water, which I'm going to get in a second. I don't know about this guy. This guy, definitely, whenever he has, it's interesting to watch during the the hearing is, so you play with your pen. The, you get asked a question you don't want to answer. You play with your pen. You take a deep breath. You go to your bottle of water. You take a sip from your bottle of water. You do every, I mean, these are all strategic things. This is a performative type thing that they've been coached on. These are not dumb people. They're, they're skilled people at creating a diversion from answering questions. Uh, Frighten Me says, no, you're right. Nobody leaves Josh, uh, Jocelyn Wade for Fannie Willis. And he talks about how she had an affair, but they act like, Nathan Wade's wife having an affair is a proven fact in this case. But the fact is, her lawyers say that didn't happen. So when you look at the other case, which is never brought up here, they say that's not true. And Jocelyn Willis is a 10. Not Willis, Jocelyn Wade is a 10. Fannie Willis is a potato. You don't go from a 10 to a potato. 
You just don't do that unless the potato was offering you the position of a lifetime, which at the time that Nathan Wade got this position, he, he called it the, the pinnacle of his career. This is what he called it and others called it. In the news, this guy has been running for judge in Cobb County uh, you know, for years. Right? And if he saw that his marriage was over, and he sees Fannie Willis, who is the Harvey Weinstein of fat black district attorneys, he's going to, you know, I have to sacrifice my wiener to get the position I want. And that's what I think that he did, in my opinion. That's just my opinion, a speculation. I don't have any text messages to prove it. What about from 10 to 10 potatoes? That's a good question, Abram. I don't know. Some potatoes are you're kind of like are a 10. If you see a potato that's a 10, I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't come across that yet. It just, <laughs> it just went from obvious to speculation. Yes, exactly. Everything goes from obvious to speculation when you're dealing with the Fulton County. Aram says from a 10 to 10 potatoes. Now, 10 potatoes. So if we're getting, if we're talking in terms of, of prepping and we need potatoes to eat, then all of a sudden the potatoes might be more, we might need the potatoes. We might choose the potatoes over the 10 if the 10 can't help us make potatoes. Maybe that's, maybe that's where we're going with this. But I'm talking sexually specifically. I don't know. I don't know Nathan Wade. That's a line of questioning, Aram. that now that you bring that up, I'd have to ask Nathan Wade. Now, did you go from the tent to the potato because you're prepping? I don't know. Let's see if we got any other comments before we get out of here. Thank you guys for watching Late Night. I know uh, a couple comments about how late at night the show was from Frighten Me. Yeah. No, yeah, it's totally late night show. Uh, Frighten Me says, a smoke sh black smoke show for a uh, grenade. Absolutely. Uh, books, Bill Barr's dad, this is from Frighten Me, uh, writing books about infrasolar system sex trafficking of minors. Then he hired Epstein at the doll. Yeah, so Bill Barr, what, what was Bill Barr? I know he was in Trump's administration. He was, a, I think, a CIA guy. He's one of the, the intel agency guys. But his dad hired Jeffrey Epstein to be a teacher at, uh, the Dalton School. I can't remember where that is, but it's it is interesting how a lot of these figures connect. A lot of people don't bring that up. That's a, that's a fact that a lot of people don't know. Frighten me. So, all right, guys. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for watching. Make sure I didn't uh, <laughs> miss any comments here. Is it Soros funding the Catholic charities as well? I, I don't know. I know Soros is funding a lot. He, he, who was it that Soros was funding? Um, Soros was funding a million dollars into the Wisconsin Supreme Court race that happened in 2023. The one that I talked about on the show where the, the candidate that won, their campaign ads portrayed and they were bragging about this, portrayed the opposition as someone who looks like they fuck horses. That's the candidate that actually won that Soros funded. Most people don't know that. I mean, that is the actual campaign that happened. And the campaign manager was bragging about it. 
yeah, we put horses in the background, and then you listen to the audio of the radio ads, and they have, they have, and he brags about how they put on a campaign to portray him as a horse fucker, and, and it worked. That's, a mil that's, how, that's what you get for a million bucks from Soros, is a horse fucker campaign. That's what politics is. It's a bunch of horse fuckers. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Let's see what we got out here. Bill Barr, CIA lawyer, lawyer says ARM, Attorney General, had the opportunity to vacate the Epstein sweetheart deal. And to, no, right. Yeah, no, it's... The whole Epstein scandal is just... You know, that's one of the things that got me and Monica kicked off WSB is Epstein. I, I talked about Epstein back in 2015, 2016, before they allowed you to talk about it. I have clips of Brian Stelter and others silencing people whenever they bring it up on the mainstream media until they were allowed to bring it up. Well, we used to talk about it on WSB, and then the guy who, a guy who bought w, or Comcast Media, which owns WSB, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, he was revealed to be one of Epstein's buddies who received a bunch of money from Epstein, which that was not revealed until after we were let go. But as soon as he took over WSB, we were gone, which makes perfect sense, actually. All right. Cheers to everyone watching live. Uh, I thought, oh, yeah, all right, cool. I followed uh, me and Monica during the WSB days. Uh, thank you for me for watching again. And uh, All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. Thank you. I, I did not expect this much uh, engagement and participation this late at night, so I, I, I appreciate it. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.